0: Today is December 26, 2019, only a week to the new year and the new decade, are you ready? Only a day after Christmas and a few days after Hanukkah, Kwanzaa is just beginning. Today's a throwback Thursday, I'm taking you all the way back to the first episode, enjoy. Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, El Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The date was August 31st, 2018. Two major national events happened that day. One was the memorial service for Senator John McCain. The other was the funeral for the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. Two very different observances and ceremonies for a number of reasons both of them captivated our attention but there was something about the homegoing of the queen of soul besides the fact that it ran nearly all day there were other things that stood out about it it was definitely a cultural moment that lasted for a while we heard from some of the biggest names in pop and r&b and gospel we heard from a mass choir. We heard speakers that we all knew from presidents to Minister Louis Farrakhan. They all lined up to see the Queen of Seoul have the most grand exit ever. But there was one woman who stood tall among them all and it was someone we were not expecting She happened to be the Queen of Souls' favorite soprano. Her name, Audrey Dubois Harris. And if you recall, she stood up and sang a great hymn of the church with her classical voice, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And she absolutely killed it. I looked at the performance again today and it was unique because she stepped through every verse of that hymn methodically. Then she wrapped back around and by the time she did the chorus, mind you, she did the chorus three or four times. The entire church was on its feet. I watched Shirley Caesar shaking her head. I watched President Bill Clinton jump to his feet. I saw Minister Louis Farrakhan. He looked like he was in a Baptist church, which is a little crazy. (laughs) But Audrey Dubois Harris did something that day that moved us all. And she did it in a way unique to her, but not unique to the Queen of Souls. I'm not going to spend much more time talking about it. I have the privilege of bringing on Miss Audrey Dubois Harris, Soprano. And I am honored beyond belief to have her on as the very first guest of the Culture Soup podcast. We have a lot in common. We both have daughters, young daughters. We both are very familiar with the church choral tradition. I'm a classically trained mezzo-soprano. She's a classically trained soprano. But enough from me. Why don't you get to know Audrey Dubois Harris? She joins me all the way from Montreal Canada. Thank you so much for joining us on the Culture Soup podcast. This is amazing. We just loved hearing you sing.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. That's really nice to say. Thank Absolutely.
0: you. Absolutely. We're going to have our, our Culture Soup moment, Audrey, and the most obvious one to have when we talk to you is around hashtag Aretha Homegoing. Now, making a distinction, because there were two hashtags that actually trended that day. There was hashtag Aretha's oh. homegoing, and then there was hashtag Aretha okay. homegoing. And I remember seeing a tweet from Ava DuVernay saying, you know what, I see these two hashtags and I know the difference. There is a cultural nuance. And it was true. If you followed hashtag Aretha funeral, it was primarily black folks who had a black folks uh, church experience. And they were talking about it through their lens. And the other one was kind of mainstream, right? So there were things that were happening during the service that this hashtag was just going nuts over. Whether it was Reverend Jackson talking about how well, you know, the the funeral home did with the body. Or, you know, um, gee, the church mothers and how long the mass choir had been sitting up there and all of that. And, of course, one of those moments was your moment when you sang Great is Thy Faithfulness which was amazing. Audrey, I mean, it was a moment on the internet, but it had to be a moment for you too. Can you talk to me about how you felt um, standing up at that great moment where we're mourning the loss of a legend?
1: Mm. That's really hard to put into words, Mm -hmm. but uh, a grand moment in time. It really was, because I knew that this would be my final farewell to uh, the Queen and I wanted to do it right and I wanted to show her respect of course and I wanted to honor her legacy and honor her and just honor her life in my life you know uh, many people don't know that we were um, in each other's lives and uh, so I knew it was going to be the final goodbye
0: right right so you gave it all you had. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. Um,
1: I tried. I tried as as much as I could, you know, while grieving. You know, but right. uh, it was it was an incredible moment. It really was.
0: Absolutely. So can you talk to us about what the feeling was like in the church? Um, you know, the church has come a long way, and in in some instances has left behind some of the church choral tradition that you really just brought back Mm -hmm. to center stage. And if
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you could probably tell us in the beginning, it might've felt one way, but towards the end, it felt another. Can you talk to us about that?
1: Well, well actually, you know, uh, oddly enough, we knew that it was a home going and we knew that we were saying goodbye to uh, to this icon of a woman, icon of a life. At the same time, it really was celebratory. It was a moment to come together and celebrate this grand life, you know, and that was really the air in the room. People were excited to be there. People were happy to be there, although wishing it was for a very different occasion. But uh, the occasion itself, especially in the black church, we don't see a home going as uh, the final, you know, we don't, don't right. see it as if she's gone and we'll never see her again. You know, we believe that she really has graduated to the next dimension, the next phase mm-hmm. of her uh, existence mm-hmm. and that we will see each other again. And Absolutely. so it really yeah. was a moment to, uh, to celebrate her life, and to say, well done, you've done well, you've yeah, done well. Right. So we were all just really excited to be there too. Of course, there were very hard moments, mm-hmm. like when they closed the casket, mm-hmm. when the family walked in and had to view her body. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, there were very hard moments. Uh, but at the same time, because you just can't believe she's gone. I still can't believe she's gone. Right. But uh, at the same time, it was, you know what, you're gone and we wish you c- could be here for another hundred years, you know, but at the same time, we thank God for your life and we thank God for your music and what you have meant to the world. So right. it was it was really surreal in that sense.
0: So, I mean, how oh, was it to step wow. into that realm where you had all of these folks like Ariana Grande and, you know, gosh, Shaka um, Khan, I could name others, and then they call you... And you're going to sing an art form that is probably not in so many churches anymore. I mean, I sing praise and worship. They're doing a lot more contemporary. Mm -hmm. You know, you may Mm -hmm. find a a, a church on a corner in in Dallas, Texas, because you can't throw a hymn book and not hit a church in Dallas, right? (laughs) There's one on every corner. But you might find a small church that does, you know, gospel But rarely are you finding folks that are singing classical music or treating the great hymns of the church in a classical manner. So what was that feeling to get up and know that when you opened your mouth, something different was going to come out and they would react to it?
1: Well, it's, that's been the story of my life, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, just, uh, uh, presenting, there there are so many people that are not used to hearing, as you said, classical music number one, and then um, sacred classical music, mm-hmm. and then sacred classical music with some soul in there, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know with some gospel flavoring in there, and then from an African American woman, right. And so there are a lot of there, there's a lot coming at A listener who may not be familiar with my style and my uh, form of singing. And so I understand that it's pretty new for a lot of folk, but I just have to do what I do. You know, we all are called to, I, I believe we all have our unique gifts and we all are called to our unique. Uh, path in life. And so I just do what I do. Shaka is incredible at what she does. And there are so many other uh, incredible artists uh, on that stage and Mm -hmm. who sang and who are going to sing as well. But I do what I do. I stay in my lane and I bring what God has put into me to share with the Mm world, And I do it in my way. So um, I actually was not thinking about that at all because i think that would have been t- a bit too much pressure mm-hmm. i know before i sang, so many people were sending me messages thank you for representing this group and that group and <laughs> you know and it's just i had to completely block that out because yeah. if i go in thinking i'm carrying all of this going in mm-hmm. then i can't be true to the moment so i wanted to be authentic uh and true in the moment and um just do what I do. Well, you absolutely. So, um, hopefully that came across.
0: Yes. You absolutely brought it. That's for sure. Because by the time oh, CNN nice. had taken the feed again, everybody <laughs> was on their feet as they should have wow. been. <laughs> it was just the most wow. amazing thing. Wow. And you were just ministering in a way that touched a lot of people. And you touched me all the way in Dallas-Fort wow. Worth. And you know, this is how wow. we met. I had to reach out to
1: you. Yes. (laughs) I did. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Well, and I'm glad you responded, uh, too. Yes. Well, you know, in life, it's all about connections, and it's all about meeting fascinating people. And then uh, coming to find out what you're doing and and, uh, the stuff that you're about and how you were you're also connected in opera as well. And you're a a classically trained mezzo-soprano. I think it's really great that we network and stay connected, you know. Absolutely. Uh, So I also, yes, I also uh, did my homework too and and, uh, (laughs) saw that you... you were someone to, to watch as well. And so I said, absolutely, this, this would be a great connection to have.
0: Well, yeah. it really was. And so I'm glad you
1: reached out. <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely. I could not resist. I had to tweet you. And um, I, I was yelling at the, the screen going, super her, super her. I need to know her name. <laughs> so, yeah, so we I reached out to you on Twitter. And, you know, the premise yeah. was it to tell you what an, a, an incredible job you did. But the first thing I thought was, you know, one of the reasons why they brought me onto the board of Opera America is to bring inclusion to the opera, and one way to do that is to bring yeah. talent into the membership, and I, yes. that's what I wanted to do. Just connect you with that wonderful organization, yes. and I mentioned that myself and Denise Graves were the only two African American women on the board, um, and then there's I think there's wow. one other African American gentleman out of like twenty five, thirty people, something like that. Um, and they really are mm-hmm. making an effort to try to change the experience inside and outside of the opera house, which is awesome. So what a great excuse <laughs> and a great reason to reach out yeah. to you and connect. Yeah. And then from there, you know, we had a conversation, kind of a pre-interview here um, to kind of chit chat about your relationship with Aretha. And I shared the little bit of mm-hmm. of, of time brushes that I've had with Aretha. Um, And the connection really was through her father and my pastor, who since passed away Mm -hmm. at my home church, the Reverend C.A.W. Clark, who was great friends with the pastor C.L. Franklin. And so the first couple of times I ran into him, to her, excuse me, Aretha, was one at Johnny Taylor's funeral because he also attended Good Street Baptist Church. Which is amazing. He'd sing at the okay. Longhorn Ballroom. Wow. And then Sunday morning, he'd be there. And this was during a time frame that Charlie Pride actually went there too. And my pastor was known to call Whoa, and okay. make him sing a hymn, <laughs> which was sometimes, of course, of it was course, awesome, but sometimes a little funny because sometimes Johnny Taylor, God rest his soul, would forget the words to Amazing Grace. <laughs> It was Johnny Taylor. Well,
1: I mean, if you're being called on the spot. You know? Right,
0: right. So Aretha <laughs> came to that funeral, and, and that sighting was mm. amazing. It was another funeral that lasted quite a long time. Not not quite a whole day, um, but a long time. Yes. And then the funeral yeah. of my pastor himself, um, there were Aretha sightings there. Um, but yes, you mentioned to me that you had a deep relationship with her, um, but she, she kind of tracked you down. Tell us how that started.
1: She did. She did. She heard me sing on television and uh, made some calls as she, you know, she can do because Mm -hmm. she's Aretha Franklin and found my information. Yeah, she's Aretha. And it's so amazing because she contacted um, a bishop who is out in Detroit uh, by the name of Bishop P.A. Brooks. Mm -hmm. And he actually sits on um, the general board of the Church of God in Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, he Contacted my bishop with at the time was uh, Bishop, uh, the late Bishop Franco the White, and um, at the time I was living in Charlotte, and I got a call from Bishop White on a Sunday, and uh, he said, uh, "Hi Audrey, this is Bishop." And I thought I thought it was pretty strange that he was <laughs> calling on Sunday. I, I talked to, to Bishop all the time, but just not on a Sunday, as mm-hmm. you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so he called and he said. I have Aretha on the line. And I said, Aretha who? (laughs) Because surely, surely it had to be a a church mother or some member at the church Thomas. uh, yes, it had to be. Don't don't you know Mother Aretha so-and-so, you know, so I just said, Aretha who? And he said, Aretha Franklin. And I said, oh. And and he said, uh, she wants your information. And this was, the touching part he said i want to know if it's okay to share your information with Aww. her and i was thinking "Ah, uh, yeah um, <laughs> let me
0: think <laughs> about <course>. that
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course yes and so um and that that was the beginning and and she reached out and um from that point on we just uh remained uh, very close and um we t- uh, Talked about so many different things. Mm -hmm. There were conversations where we would just laugh over the phone. And then there were other conversations about what she thought of um, the music industry. I mean, just our conversations was just a, uh, it covered a a scope of uh, topics. And one thing that a lot of people may not know is how much she loved opera. Yes, She knew about opera. Mm -hmm. She loved it. She, uh, she thought it was so fascinating. Mm-hmm. She thought the art form itself was beautiful and loved the music and loved especially Puccini. Uh, and um, she just loved opera. A lot of people may yeah. not know that. And so, um, and she loved what I, what I do. You know, mm-hmm. she, said, um, she said, don't ever change. You know, I love what you're doing. I love that you're incorporating the different styles in, within your classical singing itself. Our friendship really just blossomed from that, that, one, uh, that one call. That is a blessing. That's
0: awesome. It, it and I really wanted to, was. I wanted to talk a bit about her love for opera and classical music, which is really what yeah. brought you two together. And mm-hmm. um, the first time I knew about it, and you mentioned Puccini, was the time yes. that Pavarotti was unable to sing at the award show. And they called a right. and it was last minute. And I've read accounts of this over and over again because I remember her performance was just amazing. But last minute, yeah. Pavarotti's sick. They need her to sing Puccini. Yeah, And yeah. I understand that even when they rehearsed it, it was in the wrong key. <laughs> they had to shift wow. some things around. And, you know, within hours, she got up there and killed it. I mean, just. Everybody yes. was just slain <laughs> because she did the yes. thing. Yes. And it was because, not just because she's an amazing musician, but she loved Puccini so much from like a small oh, yeah. age. She was listening to opera. Yeah. And I, I likened That's it to, right. I, I had an album, a long playing record with Christmas carols on it uh, with a, a mass choir. And I don't mm. know, I don't know which choir it was, but it, it was a classic classical rendition and um the hallelujah Chorus was on there and from the age of like two when I could just put the needle on the record yes I'm 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 dating myself here I would put the needle on the record I would listen to
1: I've had many many of those moments too yes the the needle in the record yes
0: I would listen to the hallelujah chorus from Handel's Messiah over and over and over and over again so by the time I was in high school and somebody said, grab your score <laughs> and let's go sing the Messiah. I knew it.
1: You knew so it. So I understood That's right. That's right.
0: that moment for her. If she had done that with she yes. of course, she's going to get up there and nail it, which was just amazing. And
1: nail it. Yes. And she also thought the world of um, Luciano Pavarotti. Yes. And she, she loved his, his gift and loved his voice. And so I think for her, that was like a full circle moment, you know, um, to be able to admire this art form and then have the opportunity to sing this, as you said, the story behind it in itself is legendary, mm-hmm. but then to go on stage and to actually nail it in the way that only she could, That's you know? Right. Um, and so it just, uh, I, I think that was a, just a grand full circle moment, right, you right. know, uh, for her. Yes. And she, um, you know, and, and what an introduction to opera that she was able to do for the world. Yes. So people who loved Aretha Mm -hmm. was now like, okay, well, what is she singing? What, what is that? You know? And, um, so I think that's remarkable. And she was able to, again, do that at her funeral. She introduced uh, a, a lot of different art forms on the day of her funeral again. Um, that a lot of people who would listen to her may not have listened to, you know? And so to have class there, you know, to have a classical singer, to have gospel, to have all kinds of, then you had, uh, a pop singer, you know, so to have all kinds of music Mm -hmm. represented, um, it it only, it tells of the magnitude of her life, the magnitude of, uh, her music and the, 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 Just how far reaching her music was to be able to introduce these other art forms to a world. Right. Well, Mm
0: -hmm. she touched so many. Um, We just wrapped up Opera Week and um, a lot of folks were sharing tweets and different things. And a lot of people didn't know that she was Opera America's brand ambassador during Opera Week back in the early 2000s.
1: That's and it was, it
0: was because they knew she loved opera. And there yes. is a video that they played um, yes. on Twitter when she passed away in in her honor, oh, which was just wow. awesome. Um, but she talked about her love of opera and classical music yes. here. So all of that makes sense. And this is why we're sitting here, and, you know, talking to Audrey because of her love yes. for classical music.
1: Yes, she definitely had a love for classical music, and she not only did she enjoy the art form, but she knew about the art right. form as well. She was she was very well educated on it, and uh, she knew about it, and even. Uh, just classical music in general, right. because, you know, when she wanted to study with a Juilliard graduate and she, she went to New York for, uh, I believe, several weeks to uh, study piano, mm-hmm. um, but she wanted to study classical piano, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so she was, uh, she did what I believe, you know, I believe in this. I believe that we're all born with a gift. But it's up to us to cultivate that gift and to uh, nourish that gift and uh, and also stretch the gift. Absolutely. So many people think, well, you know, if you're a natural born singer, well, we're all natural born singers. Yes. But you have to know your craft. Knowledge is power, I believe. And uh, the more you know, the more it should free you to um, express uh, from the heart and the soul. Absolutely. So.
0: so, Audrey, you know what? We could spend the whole time talking about the queen. But yeah. we want to learn about you because I think at this point we could Google and do anything and find out everything about Aretha we want to, but we can't quite do that about you yet. And eventually we will. Okay. But in the meantime, let's tell everybody so who want Audrey to know? Harris is. Where to begin? Oh, so wow. you, you, you're you in Montreal now, but where, where did your life begin? Where did you... Where were you born?
1: <laughs> well, I'm born... I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. I am a Florida native, and um, I miss Florida so much, living in Mon- in cold Montreal. Yes. But Montreal is a beautiful city as well, but mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, quite the opposite. So I was, I was born and raised in Miami, yes.
0: Okay, Miami. <laughs> did, and you so want when more? did you there? Yeah, so when did you start singing? When, when is the first time you ever sang?
1: Oh, well, I could say that in front I'm of people <laughs> always, well, I grew up in the Baptist church. And so, okay. uh, I could growing tell. up in the church, yeah. <laughs> so growing up in the church, that's really where I, I started singing. Um, I was one of those kids. I was pretty shy when I was younger and I would, um, Instead of saying my prayers, I would sing my prayers, which is very, uh, very interesting. But yeah, I would I would just sing my prayers. And um, I always had a song. I was always making up songs, Mm -hmm. but um, I really caught my mother's attention. And she was the one who uh, first acknowledged that I had a gift. Mm -hmm. And so I caught her attention when I was singing at home, uh, playing with my dolls in uh, in a room and didn't know she was at the the doorway (laughs) and just listening to me. And so I was just singing to myself and she was standing there. She said, wow, (laughs) you can really sing. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, before that time i was singing with my friends you know i was one of those church girls that had to go to church on sunday morning and sunday, sunday night and, and so uh
0: um, started oh, at yes. 8:30 in the morning going to sunday school
1: okay okay tell me about <laughs> it and so uh <laughs> We were in church literally all day, but Sunday nights, our past, our service was in the chapel and uh, Sunday mornings, our uh, service was in the big, uh, the big sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for Sunday nights, the pastor would allow the little people to come up and sing. And so I remember my friends and I getting together, finding a song and deciding, okay, well, you're going to sing uh, uh, this this line, and you're going to mm-hmm. sing that line, and mm-hmm. we're going to do this. And so um, that was really the beginning of it, but it was always just fun, something mm-hmm. fun to do. But on that day, when my mom uh, listened in and heard me singing, that's when my life took on a different course. Do you and remember so when you were singing? She found a teacher for me. I don't. Probably mm-hmm. made up a song, because okay. I, I always... did you that a lot. Uh, I did that a lot. I did that do you a write lot. Now? So I probably do you just made up a write song. Now? I do. I I do quite a bit. That's quite awesome. a bit. Um, that that is a hidden talent that um, soon, hopefully, the world will will know more about that. Okay. But uh, yeah. So I I was singing, and then after that day, she said, "I'm going to find a teacher for you," mm-hmm. and uh, she did that. And at the time, it was so funny because in my young mind, I, when she said, "Oh, you can sing," I'm going to find a teacher for you. I said, "Oh, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be a <laughs> pop star." I love it. I love it. <laughs> and uh, oh no, God had other plans and <laughs> not pop music at all. I remember studying with the teacher that she uh, she hired to to teach me, and. Uh, I kept learning all these classical songs. And so for one lesson, I said, you keep giving me classical songs. When are you going to give me a pop song? Mm -hmm. And she leaned over and she said, my dear, you do not have a pop voice, but you have a natural classical voice. And, oh, I was devastated. (laughs) I said, a classical voice uh-huh. <laughs> but my mother was so happy because she loved classical music yes. you know so it, it went all along with her plan and uh from then on really she, uh that teacher told me of a school of the arts that she wanted me to audition for and i got in and it was called the new world school of the arts um and it's in downtown miami florida And while I was there, I studied with an incredible teacher. Uh, Her name was, um, her name is, excuse me, Birgit Fioravante. Mm -hmm. And Birgit is who told me of the Juilliard School and told me that, she says, I think you're good enough to make it in. And I want to help you with your audition. Wow. And literally she put it all together. She found the church where I recorded my uh, demo and um, thought of the pieces that I should uh, learn for for the audition, mm-hmm. and um, we recorded it and sent it in. And next thing you know, I was asked and uh, to come in for a live audition. Wow. Uh, come into New York from Miami, Florida, um, and audition for the new for the Juilliard School. And I remember my mom purchasing a CD of. Uh, Jesse Norman and Kathleen Battle. Oh wow! When they sang, yeah, when they did their uh, incredible concert at uh, Carnegie mm-hmm. Hall, singing spirituals, and I remember just being glued to uh, to the speaker and just playing that over and over again, and looking at the CD cover. And at that moment, I said, "Wow, there's someone that looks like me." Mm-hmm singing this, you know, because I had not seen that uh, from the time that I started uh, studying and started singing classical uh, music. So I was like, wow, there's someone that looks like me and they are singing this way and it's absolutely beautiful and it's touching my soul. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Wow. So that, So uh, you know, you mentioned, it.
0: um, Jesse Norman and, And Kathleen Battle, are there other folks out there that are really like your icons and your role models when it comes to what you do?
1: Um, Well, I would say, I would say there are so many people that I am, uh, I would say that that I love their music. I love what they do. Of course, there is Marian Anderson. Of Mm -hmm. course, there's Leontine Price. Um, Of course, uh, Shirley Verrett and people like Grace Bumbry and uh, these people who, and of course, uh, Jesse Norman and Kathleen Battle. These people have paved the way. So we, in essence, stand on their shoulders, you know. Um, So for that, I can say their music has... uh, it has touched me and, and, and have said that, well, if they could do it, then I can do it as well. But I can do it in, in, the, in my own way, not to do, do it like they did it, but um, to do it in the way that speaks to my soul. So if, mm-hmm. it, if, if my soul can, can uh, sing through this and um, if I can tell my truth through this music, then... There will be others that will hear it and that will be moved as well.
0: What's next? Mm, I'm sure there are things that you can't talk about, but maybe there's some things you can.
1: Yes, well, actually, in the very near future, I will be releasing my Christmas, my first ever Christmas uh, record. And I am so excited that about is exciting. that. Yes, I'm really excited, and it's really different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing what I do, but, but there are a lot of. Stuff on there, um, so it's not just your typical voice and piano, or voice and you know that you would expect with a mm-hmm. classical singer or voice and orchestra. This really, I'm with a band. Oh wow! And, um, yes, but you have to hear it. It's uh, it's really incorporating a. Um, a lot of different flavors. So there's a song on there that has a Spanish flavor. Mm -hmm. There's another song that has an Island, uh, like an Island flavor Mm -hmm. to it. There's, um, there's Americana type of music Mm -hmm. in there. And so it's really covering a whole range of, uh, of music. So I'm really excited about that. That will be released this year. And, um, yeah, so... So, so everybody
0: will, go and, and get her album. And I guess, yes, where's please. it going to be available? It's going to be anywhere you can buy music and that's download right. it. it?
1: That's right. It will be available everywhere uh, you can download music. Of course, iTunes, Amazon, uh, Google Play, and yeah. everywhere else. Spotify, it'll be available everywhere. Excellent. And um, so excited about it. Uh, it. It's my first Christmas project. And Christmas really is my favorite time of the year
0: so there was a little story that you told me and we're going to circle back to Aretha Um, okay she told you something at some point she said she wanted to engage with you in some way you want to tell that story
1: Okay, well, yes, a lot of people don't know that, but she um, actually wanted to manage my career. And uh, she just loved my singing so much. She actually shared with me that I was one of her very favorite uh, classical artists. Wow. And um, she wanted to manage my career, wanted to get me uh, signed to a label, wanted to, I mean, just she, there were so many things that she uh had in mind store make you feel? Uh, to do oh my gosh well it's it's like having that seal you know it's just it's that seal of appro- of, of mm-hmm, approval mm-hmm. really and it's it's that ultimate seal by mm-hmm. saying you know uh what you do not only uh do i enjoy it but it matters enough where i would want to, to Use my time, my resources, my connections to uh, help you do this. And um, unfortunately, after the contract was signed, um, she then became uh, ill. So it it did not uh, it did not blossom from that. But the contract was signed. uh, There was a contract and um, she wanted to manage my career. So, of course, I am. I will always forever remember that and uh, um, have that near and dear to my heart and that the queen of soul yes. uh, loved what I did so much that, um, you know, she wanted to, to be a part of it. And I remember uh, meeting her at her hotel to, uh, to sign it and then uh, when, I, when I gave it to her. So I, you know, we do have that uh, memory of of her and that's to show again how much she loved classical music
0: well as you can imagine andre and i talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and she has a distinct point of view on inclusion in the opera
1: we want to hear the culture podcast is a production of no size communication
0: The Culture Soup podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos
1: Communications, LLC.